How should disciples of Jesus respond when tragedy rears its ugly head in the world? We should respond like people who are in the world, but not of the world. Like people who answer to El Elyon, the highest power, and not the systems of the world that are vying for power. I was reading the news yesterday as a story was breaking about a horrific mass shooting that had taken place Tuesday morning at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. My first reaction was deep sadness for the children who were executed, who took the great risk of simply going to school. It is inconceivable that such egregious harm can be unleashed at the hands of another human being. My greatest sadness is that evil has become so normalized that this catastrophe will be remembered as another mass shooting. And the next day, most people will just go back to school or work. But what if this was your school? What if this happened in your community? I've had the great privilege of working with children for over 20 years now, and there's nothing more precious than life itself. In the study of neuroscience, there is a concept known as neuroplasticity. This is the brain's ability to form new connections, new pathways, wiring and rewiring in a sense, a process that leads to what we understand as learning. Children display a particularly high amount of plasticity due to the design of their young brains. And this is why we start the process of education immediately. This is why the children of Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas were on site yesterday. They went to school to learn something. This is also why the concept children are like sponges is so prevalent in the world of education. The analogy speaks to the ability of their brains to soak up information. But sponges? Is this what children are like? I have a problem with the analogy comparing children to sponges. Yes, sponges soak up water, which I suppose can be symbolic of a child's brain soaking up information. I get that. But anyone who has spent any time educating a child knows this analogy fails to describe children. After working with them for so long, I now see them as the current in Jesus' river of life that flows from him into our parched desert lands. Jesus saturates our desolate, weary, heavy-laden soul with the invigorating, revitalizing life of children. We will never be able to give them more than they give us. Education is not a career for a person who simply wants to teach children. It turns out that educating children is not actually what teaching is all about at all. It's about investing your life into children through the sacrifice of your heart. If you want to be a teacher, this may cause you to change your mind. Children don't generally come to the world with a passion to learn mathematics, language arts, science, history, geography, or even social studies. Children are rude and considerate, and they are capable of having tantrums when they don't get what they want. Children don't understand that you always dreamed about being a teacher and went to school for so many years, and they don't get the implication that they should be happy to be under your tutelage. And worst of all, that impressive education you got, yeah, children will quickly reveal to you that there's not a single book that gives you the wisdom and knowledge for how to instruct them and train them up the way that they should go. Well, there is this one book, but chances are it was not a part of your training in school or at any secular job. Children are also quirky, hilarious, challenging, beautiful, and they can even be deeply empathetic. 
One thing for sure is every second with children is worth it, even till the last second. God bless the teachers and adults who tried to keep these kids safe yesterday. As I mentioned earlier, there is nothing more precious than life itself. That makes anyone who tried to preserve life at Robb Elementary School a hero. I pray that I would be as courageous. The Bible gives us the key that unlocks the design of who children are and who God created them to be. The little boys and girls and their teachers were not students who died in another school shooting. They are the crown of God's creation. Psalm chapter 127 verse 3 says, Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 13 says, All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 6 says, Children's children are a crown to the aged, and parents are the pride of their children. 3 John chapter 1 verse 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Psalm chapter 139 verse 13 through 14 says, For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And although they have somehow slipped through our hands of protection here on earth, and have escaped our promise to always keep them safe. The Bible says they are now in the presence of the God who loves them, and nothing escapes His hand. And as we remain in this cruel, broken world, groaning with all creation as it awaits the return of Jesus, let's pray that their suffering is over and that they are free. Let's pray that they are with Jesus, the Good Shepherd of the sheep. So what do we do now? We, meaning you and I, Jesus' light disciples. No amount of, I'm sorry for your loss, politics, blame shifting, or lawsuits will ever make those beautiful faces smile again on this side of heaven. No expressions of guilt about the past or ideals for a better future will turn the lights back on for those 21 children and adults who were murdered, but we must choose to follow the Good Shepherd. His name is Jesus. He really does understand. Though he is fully God, he was also fully man as he walked here on earth, and he experienced tragedy just as we do today. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 says, He can sympathize with us because of his own experiences here. So how did Jesus deal with tragedy when it came? Today we will end this episode with a very sad story that does have a miraculous ending. This is the story of the tragic end to Jesus' dear friend and relative, John the Baptist. Now Herod had arrested John and bound him and put him in prison because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. For John had been saying to him, It is not lawful for you to have her. Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of the people because they considered John a prophet. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for the guests and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was distressed, but because of his oath and his dinner guests, he ordered that her request be granted and had John beheaded in prison. 
His head was brought in on a platter and given to the girl, who carried it to her mother. John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the town. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowd away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about five thousand men besides women and children. Matthew chapter 13 verse 3 to 21 After receiving the news about the brutal execution of John the Baptist, Jesus withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. He did not turn to politics. He did not try to see how he could use this tragedy to further his kingdom. He moved to a place where he could be alone for a while. A place where, no doubt, he could pray and thank his father for John's precious life. But when the people found him in his place of solitude, what did Jesus do next? He did not turn them away or send them home. He had compassion on them and he healed their sick. And if that wasn't enough, when it became late, he fed the hungry, some 5,000 men, not including women and children. This is the way of the light disciple. As we conclude today's sad and devastating episode, we should remember these four things. Children are a gift and reward from the Lord. Disciples of Jesus protect and raise children up, even if it will cost them their lives, and it always does, because that's what education is all about. Withdraw from the noise surrounding the tragedy to pray and reflect about God's precious gift of life. As soon as you are able, and even if it's hard at first, serving others will help you through. With that, Let's continue to pray for the people that we lost yesterday and that they are in the hands of Jesus, the God whose love sets everyone free.